It's February 10th, 2024. Coming to you live from Toby Keeps Funeral. I'm Jorge. Oh my god. I'm Savannah. I'm wondering where you can apply to be a Chinese hacker. That was lame. <laughs> and you're listening to Just Plex. This is episode 16. I've heard there's a lot of positions open to be a Chinese hacker. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So I figure, you know, do they do they take uh, Americans? <laughs> <laughs> only if you have the with zero coding only if you skills. Have the, only if you have the certain features. <laughs> the features, yes. ooh, yeah, no. no, I'm too German. Y- yeah, you are. I wouldn't y- pass. No, you wouldn't. No. Um, Toby Keith died. I'm not exactly a fan of his. I I will admit. <laughs> then why were you at his funeral? I will. Well, I uh, well, there was one song that I always found pretty pretty fun. Uh, it was a courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Uh, and it was I'm not gonna play it because that oh. would be a copyright issue. Oh, um, you can play it for like. I don't, I don't know. I would have to cut into like a certain portion of it. Oh. Okay, maybe yes. Just do I can course. do that. I can do that. I think you can do less than thirty seconds. Stop talking. Just, just, just okay. hold on. It's. I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna cut it. There we go. And you'll be sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A. Because we'll put a boot in your ass. It's American way. Your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking her fist. Okay, I think we got the point. That that was the song. They should use that song <laughs> to back every video of Blinken and Biden saying Blink in. Blinken. Blink in. No, Blink I know. In Blink in Biden. Biden. <laughs> Talking about uh retaliation. Th- there we go. Yeah, with the round. All right. Well, we can get started. Uh I'm I'm over this Toby Keith thing. Uh Poor guy died though. That's that's uh, well, yeah. stomach cancer. It's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Didn't it take a few out. years? Like I guess so. It was I don't a while. Know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's rough. Not, it's not a great way to go out. Let me close this window. Um. Okay. So what do you? Uh, we have a couple talk. Some, we have a couple topics we want to get into. Yeah. Uh, I certainly think it would be a good way to start. Um. We got first the mayor of Chicago, uh, who had something very fun to say about the migrant crisis. Well, actually, you know what? Let's talk about the migrant crisis. The crossing is shifting from Texas to Arizona. What? And the California borders. Okay. Texas has been under the spotlight for weeks now because of its dispute with the Biden administration over how to handle the influx of migrants at the southern border. But new data shows that the flow of migrants crossing into the U.S. illegally has largely shifted away from Texas. According to internal uh, internal federal government figures, 60% of all unlawful border crossings are now... Is it internal federal government figures? Did they? You want to play Are you listening? Yeah, I just didn't catch that. Federal government figures, 60% of all unlawful border crossings are now being recorded in Arizona and California. For the week ending February 4th, Border Patrol averaged more than 1,800 daily migrant apprehensions in the Tucson sector and more than 1,200 in the San Diego sector. Meanwhile, the El Paso and Rio Grande Valley sectors respectively average between 500 and 800 daily apprehensions. The Del Rio sector recorded as few as 200 each day. I, I, I mean, this is... They're just, they're tired of dealing with the barbed wire. Yeah, but, but they can still go around it. It's <laughs> no, just I focused know. on the damn park. It's not like it's going, it's not like it's, it's the park's the only way in. No, it's Texas all is of, pretty big. It's pretty big. Pretty big border. I don't know if I buy those numbers. They're, they're coming in from all sides. Did they just say as few as 200? Yes, a day. Bullshit. A day, a day, a day, a day, a day. Uh, yeah, but that's it? A yeah. 200 a day? No, 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 no. 
I doubt that. And that's only what they're seeing, right? Like, what about the ones they're not catching? Well, and the, the thousands that the are coming in. By the way, this, this may seem like a fall right, ultra conservative podcast of like, don't let the migrants in. It's just, there's a lot of them, man. And no, there, it, yeah. there are so many that have been here for 10 plus years and haven't received the opportunity to get citizenship here in the country and that are, are and that's tax gonna, paying citizens. Well, yeah. And that's just going to like be blown up even further the more yes. people come in, right? Yes. It's going to be that much harder. For everyone else. But, of course, that's not really a concern of, of any sort of politician on the planet right now. Uh, and Actually, if I'm really being honest, yeah, all any politician on the planet does not care. Well, they'll talk about it. They'll but talk about they it. They don't really care. But here's what the mayor of Chicago had to say uh, in regards to the migrant crisis and what has he done. Supposedly, he was going to go to the border not too long ago, and here he is now defending his case of why he hasn't. I have children who attend schools who have soccer games, y'all. Soccer games, dude. Soccer games. You know, you all are asking me as if I'm not a parent in this city. I get it. I'm mayor. I get it. But you're asking me to give you a date. And I have to court. Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? I get that. I have a (laughs) wife. I have children. They have schedules. And plus, we still have public safety that we have to address. We still have the unhoused that we have to address. I still have a budget that I have to address. And I'm doing all of that. With a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago, I am going matter? to the border as soon as possible. I have to address, and I'm doing all of that with a black wife. Raising you know what that could be like? Does that make it harder to schedule? I stuff? guess it does. And then three black kids—that is, horrible. you know, they can't get their act together. Yeah, because so they're black. No, I can't, I can't plan a like two-day trip to go to the border. A one-day trip—you can fly down. It is a reminder like an that hour he press is conference. A, it is a reminder that he is a public servant of the city. Yeah. That when you take on a job like that, it, it is it is a probably above everything else. Yeah, that has to be priority. Yes. Yes. So I, yeah. Otherwise, why? So okay. So if family became an issue when he was running, like if that was an issue, th- th- why would he run? I think he thought the gig was smooth. I really do. Oh yeah, nothing happens in Chicago. Right. That just just <laughs> the mayor doesn't have to do anything. Well, he came at a time where where the gang violence sure is still a problem, but. But the migrant crisis came right as right as uh, as Lightfoot left. Yeah. And ironically, he did say, I know you haven't had a mayor with kids yet uh, in a while. I think it was right here. Plus, we still have public safety. Oh, no. here we wife, I have children, a mayor like me. I get that. Hold on. Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? There I get that. Throwing Lightfoot under the bus, her correspondent, his correspondent, our previous previous mayor. Anyway, mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, I think Mayor, Mayor Eric Adams of New York also said something rather similar, although I couldn't find the clip. Uh, he has kids. I, I heard it read. No, he's just black, I guess, in that one. That's why he can't. He yeah. can't plan a trip. Correct. So uh, <laughs> that is how they're. That is how your local politicians are reacting to this. What about the major politicians in well, Washington? The Senate specifically. Yeah, sure. Right? Are we going into the border bill? Um, that's what I'm leaning up for. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's do CBS. Which one? Oh, it's just literally. Just, Only sorry, one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Speaker Mike Johnson has called it dead on arrival in the House. Um, the bill does not secure the border, and, and it does not prevent illegals from coming into our country. Despite the pushback, right. the Senate is still expected to hold a test vote this week on the deal. Meanwhile, the House is moving forward with a vote to try and impeach the president's DHS secretary. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so that didn't really explain. No. <laughs> well, okay, so this was a few days ago. This was before the test vote for the border bill, which is um, H.R. 815, um, which is the one that's been talked about a lot about the it's the bipartisan it's split republicans 
were having issues with it being paired with Ukraine and Israel funding, and then they were going to do its split. So it's the funding has nothing to do with the border. The border is off of it. And then now this test vote is a test vote, but it's not a real vote, which I couldn't find what that means. Like they're just doing a, a voice vote to see how people would vote. But isn't that a real vote? <laughs> okay, so you got to keep going. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this this was a few days ago. They voted in the Senate on if they wanted to pass the bill that includes the border security, uh, specifically uh, monitoring fentanyl um, crossing over with technology, new technology, new a- border agents paired with Ukraine funding, Israel funding, Taiwan funding, among other things like employee salaries, things like that, uh, immigration judges. Um, so that was what's in the bill. That's what the bill is. And it's okay. super long. It's like hundred se- or 370 pages. So okay. it's a really big bill. Um, so how well, that... I, okay, I have this NTD clip just so that way we can at least have some context of what's yeah, in sure. the bill. Okay, that might make, speed things up a little bit. But the truth is, even then... Let's take a look at the $60 billion for Ukraine. More than half of that money isn't going to military aid. It's actually going to civilian pensions in Ukraine. It's going to fund civilian operations of the government in Ukraine. So, you know, it's not even supporting an ally during a war. This is a lawyer from the Heritage Organization that NTD interviewed. It, it's literally going to the parts of the government that do anything but defend Ukraine. So, you know, I think the more you look at the bill... It's inflationary deficits, it's interest driving deficits, it's money to, to handle civilian operations, it's money that's going to places where we don't have good tabs on where it's going, it's not going to secure the border, and it's an enormous amount of money to be spending. I mean, if you think about this way, we've spent more than a year trying to cut $12 billion out of the annual appropriations process. This would just be $118 billion like that with almost no debate in Congress. So... Yes, money wasted. Yeah, a lot of money. Yes. So the vote happened in the Senate, and it was did not get passed. Uh, the vote was f- uh, 49 to 51, which um, obviously means it didn't pass. And all Republicans voted no, and all Democrats voted yes, except for one. What, is, was, what is the border Biden? Where does the border bill Biden? Does he explain the loss of the border or the loss of the bill or how it didn't get passed? Well, I'm going to get there. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Let me take this journey, okay? So the only Democrat who voted against the bill was Senator Schumer. Um, you won't play that clip. Schumer. Okay, folks. <clears throat> I'm not going to be long. So first Republicans said they would only do Ukraine and Israel humanitarian aid with border. Then they said they wouldn't do it, they would not do it with border. Well, we're going to give them both options. We're going to take, we'll take either one. We just hope they can come to yes on something. The bottom line is very simple. We knew about a week ago when Trump mixed in and said, you know, wanted to be political and said he'd prefer chaos at the border because he thinks it helps him electorally. We knew that we might have to have a second option. Wait, did he say that? Did he actually, did Trump actually say that? say about not passing this yes that it'd be beneficial for his for his like well that's that's the thing i mean i didn't see anything about trump saying that it's just being implied and i'll get i'll I'll have clips talking about that but this interview with schumer was taken 
by PBS right before the vote with Senate, where he voted against it. Okay, I'll keep playing. Sure. So I then called the White House and told my caucus that if, unfortunately, the big supplemental bill failed, we would do everything but border. And that's what the bill, we're posting it right now so everyone can see it. Uh, that's what the bill we're doing does. It has everything that we had in the original supplemental negotiations, but without border, although we do have the fentanyl issue, and that's not a border issue, but that is very, very important. And so uh, we just hope they can come to yes, and we will have the second vote if the first vote fails. I still hope that they would rethink the first vote. Donald Trump wants chaos. <laughs> Donald Trump does not want success at the border. He wants chaos, and if he became president, I doubt he'd ever solve it, as Mitch McConnell said. And so um, we want them to pass the border bill, and if they vote against border, America will know who is for fixing the border and who is not. And Schumer is for not fixing See, it, because think, he also voted no with all the Republicans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think I think you missed your kicker. I think you should have built up to that, and then when I know, Schumer didn't I'm vote the about, bill, yeah. yeah, that's okay. Okay, I made my point. Um, okay, so so what he was talking about with Trump there? Um, another senator has say uh, Senator Langford. Let's see what he has to say about the Trump claim. There's some folks let's say what he has to say. Let's see what he has to say. Would you an anchor now? This is let's, <laughs> let's take it over to Senator oh Langford. What do you have to say? It, relax. <laughs> They're voting no today because they have policy differences on the bill. We have asylum officers that are empowered to make decisions. They want immigration judges to make it. Okay, well that's a, that's a policy difference on it. Some folks don't like that we have visas that are in this that increases legal immigration, not illegal, legal immigration in the country. There's some folks that don't want any immigration of any type. Well, fine, we can have that policy difference. I don't mind legal immigration. I just don't mind, I just don't want illegal immigration. Some of them may have policy differences. Some of them have been very clear with me. They have political differences with the bill. They say it's the wrong time to solve the problem or let the presidential election solve this problem. In fact, I had a Jesus, popular what commentator four weeks ago that I talked to that told me flat out. This guy's out, downloading his words as he's speaking. No, I had to take out so much oh silence, gosh. too. Horrible. Yeah. Out before they knew any of the contents of the bill, any of the content, none, nothing was out at that point, that told me flat out, if you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you. Because I do not want you to solve this during the presidential election. By the way, they have been faithful to their promise and have done everything they can to destroy me in the past several weeks. Okay. I mean, he still voted no. Yeah, also, right. he never named Trump. He said a popular commentator. Hmm. Okay, but you know who did name Trump? Biden. Okay. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump, because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't even know it helps the, the, the country. He's not for it. He'd rather weaponize this issue than actually solve it. So for the last 24 hours, he's done nothing, I'm told, but reach out to Republicans in the House and the Senate and threaten them and try to intimidate them to vote against this proposal. 
and looks like they're caving. Frankly, they owe it to the American people to show some spine and do what they know to be right. So I want to tell the American people what's in this bill and why everyone from the Wall Street Journal to the Border Patrol to the Chamber of Commerce, the United States Chamber of Commerce, support this bill. Hmm. I mean, not everyone, obviously. No. Um, he, yeah, just goes on and talks about the bill. Um, yeah, he he named Trump. I didn't see anywhere else where Trump was identified. Did you as see the, news sources that were saying Trump at all? That's kind of our point of the show. Well, uh, yeah, they're going to say not. Okay, I don't have any clips for that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I was asking. I was just asking. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. But no. Okay. I've seen the Biden, this Biden clip, though, going around. And then, anyways, no, I don't have any clips for news, okay. news channels. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's it, it is very unusual um, to, to certainly listen, it, uh, given the border situation. You do it? Yes. Well, I'm just saying that is an interesting thought, though, if that is true. What is? Repeat it. If, if Trump was behind the all Republicans voting no because of no, the pres- presidential no, they're, election. No, they're, they're, all, they're all in it. That's, no, I, I know. I'm just saying yes. if that was true, that, I mean, you know, it would give another topic of campaigning. For him? Yeah, sure. Yeah. For everybody involved. I guess. Everybody involved in the presiden- presidential election has reason to want to keep the border included. As a as a campaign topic, I think they're right. Just, so it's yeah. not just him who would benefit. Yeah, sure. That, I could agree with that. So it could be anybody. Yeah. Right. Popular commentator. Yeah, as the identifier. Would, yeah, but what would they argue? What would the Democrats argue that it's the Republicans' fault? That's all they're going with. I don't. That's all. I mean, about why the bill didn't pass. Yes. Yeah, that's their only stance. Is that mm. it's Republicans? They can't pull their act together. Okay. They don't want to help America. Well, uh, I guess. Well, they're. I mean, to me, this sounds like a waste of time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, it certainly feels like to add more waste of time to this to this bit. Uh, we have a uh, weird weird conglomerate of. Oh, where did I put that? The clip that would be pretty important. Um, we do have a conglomerate of clips that uh add to the border wall this time though it took a weird like chinese take on it which is uh pretty interesting oh there's a clip okay cool uh i got 60 minutes talking about border border chinese migrants workers no work <laughs> that's why I why did you decide to come to the united states oh it's to, to background there is a I, I guess i should have also recorded that portion of it but it was a uh, it was in a large amount of there was an influx of Chinese immigrants coming in through a certain portion in California, and now this is one of the reporters from 60 Minutes. I should get her name, uh, asking the 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 crossers what they're doing, why are they going, what do they do? to find jobs. Uh, what did you do? Did you work in China? Was this a trip expensive? She said it was, and that she sold her house to cover the $14,000 cost of her trip to the U.S. This might not have been the best clip. I just realized after listening how, to it. Yeah. But. What, for, like, how did they. 
how do they get here? Sure yes. So, well, yes. Great question. I'll open it up. I should have opened it up with the start of it. So this is, I okay. think that clip was a poor one. So I'll, I may edit this portion out, but. No, it's fine. Here's the initial, the opening line to the, to the clip. The number of migrants arriving at the southern border is unprecedented. Last year, U.S. Customs and Border Protection recorded two and a half million instances of detaining or turning away people attempting to cross into the United States from Mexico. So what's the fastest growing group among them? Chinese migrants. Yes, you heard that right, Chinese. We saw large groups, including many from the middle class, come through a four-foot gap at the end of a border fence 60 miles east of San Diego. The illegal entryway is a new route for those hoping to live in America. The story will continue in a moment. Ooh, suspense. Just after sunrise, we saw the first group of migrants make their way from Mexico through a gap between the 30-foot steel border fence and rocks, Ooh. ducking under a bit of razor wire and into the United States. So, okay, most of this, uh, the intro is that there's a gap in the border. There's a gap in the border in a lot of places. <laughs> it's not it's just not, there. It's not just the one spot that, like, there just happened to be. Yeah. Migrants, Chinese migrants are caught in various locations. It's not particular to this one site. Uh, aesthetically, it looks very pleasing to film in. It's just one straight line. Zipping down California. Yeah, it's um, just a hole. Yeah, it's, it's very... It, looks, it makes it look more fixable. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, Where it's like, just sure. patch the hole and they won't be it, able dude, to come it's through. It's so small. It's, it's like a, it's, it's like a four-foot like four wide gap. Yeah. It's, it's nothing. And then they put some barbed wire over it to sort of counteract it. But Why don't they just put like a plank of wood? Well, they, they go into it. Um, but like to, a, to summarize the point of, of what... How do they get across? This is 60 Minutes explaining the visa situation. We also met a banker and small business owners. Some of the migrants made a grueling journey through Central America with dusty backpacks. But we noticed middle class migrants. All from of these bags are clean, by the way. I want to have but you know that. But they said dusty backpacks. Yes. I mean, they're, they're dusty because they just got off the truck. And then are sure. out, out of the van and then walked on the floor for like, you know, walked in the desert for like 10 minutes. Do they look like they had a shower that morning? They, they look pretty clean, Savannah. I mean, uh, to me. Yeah. Class migrants from China arriving with rolling bags. Luggage. They told Dude, us they, they took oh. flights all the way to Mexico. <laughs> Wait, you missed that part. They told ahead. us they took flights all the way to Mexico. Some flew from China to Ecuador because it doesn't require a visa for Chinese nationals then took flights to Tijuana, Mexico. The migrants told us they connected with smugglers or what they call snakeheads in Tijuana. I just want to leave that part. I thought that was fun. Is there a website for snakeheads? No, no. Like, how do you connect with them? You uh, you just, there's coyotes just at the border. Just, I think it's like a, it, it probably is, if I'm being honest, it's probably like a like a business of, like yeah. a retail store. Um but what was interesting about this clip is that you don't need a, a, a visa to go from China to Mexico. You don't? No, But you don't. they said that that's I know. why they went to Ecuador. You can get a tourist visa for 180 days, which makes sense because, right, Mexico is a tourism area. Well, yeah. It is also a manufacturing area, but primarily tourists for the, for the moment. Um, so you can go there 180 days. You get your, you get your, you know, your quick fix and then you, you go across the border 
immediately, like within, you know, a week. Just well, the day that you land, you could. Yeah, I mean, you could. Yes, you exactly. You just get a cab there. Right. Um, so I, I don't quite get the Ecuador uh, Ecuador portion of like they, they've done a perilous travel. And there was one guy that was like a college educated student. He's traveled from Ecuador to Panama to Costa Rica or, you know, Guatemala and then Mexico. And then like he's doing the train essentially that every other latin american was doing but i i don't but why i don't there's no i don't think it's true i i mean i I don't know that was confusing to me to 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 go off and then they go with and this will go into a little bit of the tiktok uh conversation or any of the social media apps that we've talked about previously uh, under section 230 that's trying to get repealed and here is how the migrants found out how to get here as if this hasn't already been figured out before with coyotes, but whatever. Yeah. We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. How do you know about that? Oh, the wind? Okay, TikTok. Oh, you learned on TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is a social media platform created in China. The post we found had step-by-step instructions for hiring smugglers, and detailed directions sure. to that hole we visited. I mean, it just. But okay, who who published that though? I mean, they, they could have. I mean, they they are in, in during that segment. They were they were filming. It was like people filming the the whole area. No, exactly. Right? But what are they trying to claim with that? By by tying in that TikTok's a Chinese. Yeah. Uh, again, all of it's weird. All of it's weird. Yeah. Um, even the video, it, like you watch the video portion, it's like, yes, it's and we'll go into this in a little bit uh, and sort of my gripe with with some other sort of alternative me- uh, media personalities that that are starting to get under my skin uh, and under yours, I suppose. Uh, but it's a lot of women, uh, not some children. Yes, but it's a lot of women. It's a lot of it's a lot of men. Sure. But they're they're like middle, middle aged or early, you know, young or middle aged people that are crossing, mm-hmm. um, which leads me into my next clip. Uh, oh, let's finish the conclusion before I go into into Brett Weinstein. Um, oh yeah, no, there's a lot more with this topic before we switch that. Yes. Okay. So we'll yes. So we'll finish off the six minute conclusion. A- and again, confusing because of how it was said. Have you? said to anybody hey there's- this is jerry i don't know his last name jerry he's the landowner of this southern of southern this southern california he has property on the border uh and he's like also where that an, hole in the yes the and he's is. an immigrant from yugoslavia um and, and, a, and an, this, yeah an asylum no i don't I, yeah sure it might have been political i, I don't know i he, they didn't quite but elaborate he, he did it like let's assume that he probably was a uh, an asylum seeker at one point i mean he too. obviously owns land so like yeah and he's from yugoslavia which during the 90s was pretty bad so okay um yeah here's here's what they asked him this giant hole they're coming through how about patching that up they Easy. know that thing is there and uh we we all been telling them hey when this thing gonna quit over here you gotta call washington dc that's what they say <laughs> so we did U.S. Customs and Border Protection told us their agents don't have authority to stop people from coming through gaps like this one and can only arrest them after they've entered illegally. As for closing that gap, they said it is on their priority list but would require money from Congress. How much money? 
They just need money, Savannah. They need money. They, need they can't money. get like a plank of wood from Home Depot plank and nail wood. it in. Like it's yeah. a four foot gap. It's and also they can't be stationed at the hole. They are and then so arrest they, them they right are. as soon as they no, come in. They they are so, so they so they line so it. I didn't want to. There wasn't any reason to play more of it. Yeah. Um. In fact, I actually think I ever played, at least with the first one. Th- there is border agents there waiting for them to be processed, right? Because they're already on U.S. soil. That was the conversation that that um the park in Texas was also like, we just need them to be on U S soil so we can process them. Process them, meaning determine if they're there illegally and send them back. No, to no, the, 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 so, uh, under whatever circumstance they're, they're applying for, which all of them are saying asylum, then it's just processing. That's once they're here, they have to process them regardless. And sure, most of the time they don't send them back. They just give them a court date because uh, they're but all claiming let asylum them stay in the okay but the, yeah and then so, they give them a six-month visa and then they give them a, a temporary working visa so why are they coming through a hole in the border or wherever there's not a physical border and why don't they come through a port of entry if they're coming through as asylum seekers as legitimate oh, asylum seekers i because I, I, I think the line's huge i think at the port of entry it's a it's a massive so they're cube. just making their own ports of entry yeah essentially so, uh, okay yeah. Why don't okay. That I, I think that actually answers your question. And it does. It just that it's, it's seems, just it's a fast way to do it, right? Because yeah, but they're still waiting though. But not I guess really, they're, they're coming. Not really. The line. They just so we'll go into that. Uh, no, I don't want to go into it yet. I want to do the Brett Weinstein portion of things. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. So this is Brett Weinstein's portion of of um. It, again, it's it's weird. I'm confused by this because sixty minutes was one report. Um, where it shows migrants, uh, you know, crossing the border and whatnot. And then in some sense, you, you don't necessarily understand why they're doing I get why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 60 minutes kind of summarize the same thing I have, but then you get, you get Brett Weinstein on Tucker, uh, both annoying figures in my opinion. Um, and they give this sound instead. What's more, there was an incident where Michael, who has lived in China. He's been all over the world. And he started up or tried to start up a conversation with uh, a guy who claimed Michael Yan is a war correspondent that I guess I I can't find other than him writing. uh, He's blogging about the war and he was like boots on the ground type personality, Um, I guess, brought Brett to certain parts in Ecuador. Right. Which is what consistently I'm hearing Mm -hmm. that people are traveling from Ecuador uh, to Mexico and then and then into the United States. And so I guess he showed him all this shit that's um, worth noting to him. What's more, there was an incident where Michael, who has lived in China, he's been all over the world, and he started up or tried to start up. A we also could factor in that he's a he's a intelligence officer as well. I mean, that's... I mean, that's me, why he's lived all over the world. That, to me, that's what it sounds like, but that's there's no proof behind that, so it's just my guess conversation with a guy who claimed to be from Korea and Michael tripped him up and got him to speak Chinese and then there was uproarious laughter at the fact um, that he had tried to pull this caper on Michael so it is not a friendly migration also there's a mixture yes there is a mixture of Koreans that probably do speak Mandarin well yeah I mean (laughs) <laughs> so many people speak different languages. Yes. Like, why does that then automatically disprove that he's Korean? Right. That doesn't mean anything. Continue okay. forward. Yeah. 
it is not a friendly migration. How does he, sorry, um, how does he get to that conclusion from just this guy? Well, let's see. He has more to it. Yeah, okay. Chinese folks who are overwhelmingly male, military age. There are women present. I realized only this morning that in thinking back, I saw few, if any, children in the Chinese migration. They were everywhere in the other places we visited, but they were not present, as far as I remember, in the, in the San Vicente camp. So what I have pieced together, and this is a place where I'm going to speculate. This is a hypothesis. This is not a conclusion. But what I began to suspect was that the Chinese migration is actually being cloaked by the economic migration coming from South America. And that that um, is consistent with the observation that it has some different motivation. Now, I learned from Michael that the Chinese migrants in the San Vicente camp largely bypassed the Darien. They, because they have money, they, they can go by boat and they can skip most of the peril of the Darien Gap. But in that and, case, the 60 Minutes said they're going by plane. Well, why would they go by boat? And why would they go so far south that they have to go through this perilous journey? Right. That's been when they, yeah, when they can just fly straight into Mexico on a tourist visa. Right. They're already spending money. Like, I don't, I don't, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Yes. And uh, in any case, it's a very different phenomenon. And to see it housed so separately. Is, is hostile is what he said. Unfriendly. It's yeah. unfriendly and hostile. I, I, to me, the, 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 the linkage between the two immigrants are the, or the two types of immigrants are the same. It is an economic issue. Well, that's usually why. Usually the case. They flee a country, not, right? Yes. So, but what he was implying towards the end of it was that this is a, this is an invasion of, of, of culture, essentially. Yeah, and it's being hidden Correct. under the other migration groups or so, migrant groups. Right. And so then here we have, uh, here we have First Post. Uh, it's another, Indi it's an Indian group. Uh, and, and she gives her own spiel about how India is now superseding China in the GDP race. Um, but this was an interesting tidbit that I got from, from what she was saying. Now oh, it is Jesus. no longer seen as an investor-friendly destination not just for foreign investors, but also for the local ones. They are unhappy, and many of them are venting on Weibo. Weibo, as you would know, is one of China's biggest social media platforms. It's like their Twitter or X. So here's what Chinese users are doing. They look for the account of the U.S. Embassy in Beijing, and they start posting comments to it. These comments are basically criticism. They're slamming China's economic policy. But why do it on the U.S. Embassy page? It's a way to escape Chinese censors, a trick that these people have devised. You see, when you post on social media, censors pick it up. But when you comment on someone else's post, there's a lesser chance of discovery, or so they think. It's a relatively spa safer space to criticize China, which is why they go to the U.S. Embassy account on Weibo. It's being flooded by comments. On one particular post, there were over 100,000 comments. Let me show you some of them. This is what they're saying. Could you spare us some missiles to bomb away the Shanghai Stock Exchange? <laughs> Jeez. 
the Weibo account of the USMC in China. <laughs> you got to admit that is pretty funny because they're at least aware of what's going on in the world globally. Yeah. Because I'm sure China just shits on the US of what, what we've done fairly, by the way, sometimes. Hey, help us out. But help us save some of those missiles. Help us out, man. Yeah, just send bomb, a couple over. Bomb, bomb the stock exchange. Please. End this, end this hell for us, please. Has become the wailing wall of Chinese retail equity investors. These are comments by Chinese users. And do you know where they were posted? Below the picture of a giraffe. The original post was about wildlife conservation, but the comment section is filled with criticism of the Chinese economy. It is a clear issue. Well, yeah, sure, but like, what do those comments lead to? Uh, like, they're, they're just, they're, it's they're venting. They're, they're venting. venting. But but the point is is that whether we want to believe that the media is is somewhat influencing how it's being said, at least this group of people that, that necessarily don't have a, a whole stronghold on the Indian news site, yeah, is is saying what what at least mainstream is saying that that yes, there is a turmoil in in Chinese in the Chinese economy. Well, of course. In the most humorous sense, right? <laughs> they're 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 venting their grievances on a giraffe, essentially. Yeah, but I mean, people in the U.S. do that too about the U.S. Yeah, but, economy. Yeah, but if they but did you not hear the start of it that they censor most of what any sort of negative sentiment about the Chinese structure? Well, yeah, we already knew that. I know, but that's he's okay. I'm just I I'm just what what is what's what is your point? Let me finish part two. <laughs> okay. Well played, we say. These comments are also revealing. They show that a large number of Chinese citizens are unhappy with the meltdown in their markets for six straight months now. Investors this is what I'm trying to get at. Just bear with me. I've been selling Chinese stocks in large numbers. Last month alone, global funds sold Chinese stocks worth $2 billion. And they've not seen the worst yet. Experts say China's equity market is yet to hit the bottom. I have an assessment from Nomura. That's Japan's largest investment bank. They think China's economic dip, and I'm quoting, is likely, is ongoing, and is likely to worsen. And what is the basis of this assessment? China's weakening economy faces multiple challenges, from a failing property sector to a contracting manufacturing sector. Last month, factory output declined for the fourth straight month. Manufacturing is clearly slowing down, and I'm not the one saying this. China's official data for a change shows the real picture. The sector is shrinking. And there's a variety of factors, obviously, but but the conclusion of, of that the economy is shrinking in China, yeah. it's not necessarily a population growth, and, and, and they're, they're immigrating away, or, or all of a sudden they want... And part of that 60 Minutes, and I never clipped it, but they're like, why are you, why are you coming to the United States? And, and she was really meek to answer, and then she goes, freedom. And it was just, it was beautiful, right? But yeah. But in the same sense, you get you get Brett Weinstein coming in that these are hostile individuals. I, I'm just, I'm so confused with the storyline that that these Chinese that or the the storyline that Brett puts of of that these are hostile people coming in and they don't share the same values as the Latin Americans that are looking for economic security. Well, yeah. They both are looking for economic security according to various sources, right? Yes, it, it holds up that it what they're saying is true about the economy right yes and then to magnify it you get ntd coming in uh, uh and this one sort of seals seals the deal for me in terms of this is weird on in the in the in the spectrum of the alternative media if you will uh and, and there seems to be a very simple answer as to why there's an increase in chinese migrants coming in 
year. Now coming to light, the screening process for illegal Chinese immigrants coming through the southern border was made easier last April. That's according to an internal email obtained by the Daily Caller. Here's what Philip Lenzicki, the investigative reporter that broke the story, had to say. So back in April 2023, an email was apparently sent uh, I don't like that he says apparently. It's like he does or doesn't have it. That's, yeah. that's kind of my gripe with that one, but sure. ...in border protection to approximately 500 agents. And this email uh, directed agents to uh, more or less drastically reduce the number of questions that they would be asking uh, Chinese illegal immigrants. Authorities cut the questions down from 40 to 5. The remaining questions include where they were born and whether they are a member of the Chinese Communist Party. The change would also remove another requirement. To perform something called phone downloads, um, which is when they uh, confiscate a uh, illegal immigrant's phone and uh, plug it into a machine in order to uh, cross-reference its data against a database containing known terrorist organizations and other um, malign entities. The change follows a surge in illegal Chinese crossings at the border. Experts told the New York Post while the change could speed up the screening process, bad actors could slip through the cracks. Before the change, Border Patrol agents saw over 3,500 illegal Chinese crossers per month. After the email was sent out, that number saw a 50% spike over the following eight months. Last year saw a massive surge in the number of illegal Chinese immigrants coming through the border, totaling 800%. So. <laughs> That's a pretty simple explanation. It's a really simple explanation. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Why, 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 is, why is this built up so much? Why, why now? I'm just well, baffling. Well, yeah. And my second question is, why did they make that policy change? Sure. That, I mean, especially part the of me, downloading, like getting rid of that. And people can, they can lie when they're, you're asked questions. And if you don't verify it. So there's something that we've talked about before of, um, of a bit of a population war. And, and we've talked about this, you and I personally about, population in China is declining supposedly and whether those numbers are factual I don't know China says one thing and and I think they confirmed it recently but but regardless just let's just put it this way that if population really is an issue in China and we have an influx and let's be honest we've had this conversation before too of that at least in jobs in manufacturing are typically hired out to more uh it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It's cheaper to hire even migrants that are have you know legal citizenship here. It is cheaper to hire them. They work more. They work faster. They work better. They don't complain as much. Uh, they don't have unions. They don't have unions, sure. And and also, I mean, to some extent, I, I would say that our generation is is starting to lose the the. Not that I'm the hardest worker, and I'm not saying that either. But but I, I think the general gist of the nation in our generation, and perhaps the one before us. Uh, it just don't, they don't want to work as hard, which is, we've, well, is it, they don't want to work as hard or they want more in return for what they do? Well, but the expectation that they want these massive amounts of, of high pain, like, I think they're all propped. And I think you and I are meant to believe that as well, is that you come out of school with a high paying job and that, that, that's that in reality, the market's saturated. 
Well, I mean, yes. Sure. And so, with a and so what's, degree. and so, right. And so what's, which is the majority of our generation, right? Most, the, most of them don't have trade skills. I, that, that, that's been a big well, issue for yeah, a Yeah, because time. the push has been to go to college, not to trade school. And so everyone went to college. Requirements got easier. You know, it's not a select group of people anymore. So now it's oversaturated. Everybody has a, de- a degree. So there's no difference. Yes. Right? So, so yes. So then you get. And the reality sets in that maybe you can't find a job in what you're looking for. And so what is available, it's a small amount of manufacturing. It's maybe not like a, it's just it, the, the opportunities are less and you're being outpriced by immigrants that, that will, are willing to work harder, willing to work well, more. Also hours. because that's their only option. That is their only option. So it's, it's not necessarily that they're willing to, it's that that's, that's all well, they, they want can to. do. It's not, that's well, they want, that is they want to be able to afford to live. So sure. it's like. Sure. But but the point being is that is that, you know, as the 60 Minutes episode said, is that there are college graduates as well. Probably there are probably some in there that that have expertise in in some sort of engineering or or manufacturing uh, practices. I mean, it's you're importing people in to keep that population growth consistent. Right. With with people that are working for you at at a much cheaper salary and and have temporary status in the United States, they're never going to give you a citizenship. Well, right. Let's make that clear. I well, think. they they're proposing ways to do that. Okay. Do you have a clip? Or are you I just do. I as... have a proposed the Courage to Serve Act. Oh, okay. That's in the previous one. There's a new proposal in Washington that would help migrants get an expedited path to citizenship. It would require them to first no, serve in the, military. In the U.S. military. Yeah. All right, Fox yes. Morgan Mackay joins us with details of the bill, which lawmakers say could help solve. That's another thing. They yeah. uh, the the. Are, I were under the impression that why why go why be conscripted or why join the military right that's that's a big one I mean how many people do we know that frowned upon the U.S. military well quite okay a bit? so later in the clip you don't have to play it but the last year's recruitment for the military U.S. military was down forty one thousand recruits you also need a workforce in the military Savannah <laughs> you it's know? probably easier to apply it's probably easier than to the apply. Chinese I mean, that, hackers uh, sure yeah and so. <laughs> It's it's just yes, you need people, you need bodies. Well, and the point is that their recruitment is low. Yes, it's the the army. It's not as much of a push to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more people. What's what's the point? Right. And so yeah, they ha- they have to make up those numbers somehow. And if they have all this influx of people who need money and they want citizenship, why yes. not? Yes, and the people that elect not to, right, which I still think would be at least half of that portion of migrants coming in. Yeah. They're, they're still enslaved to to this to this work visa that they can get taken away at any point. So yeah, take the conditions on, and, and the pay that you're going to get. Yeah, they're dependent on government regulations and policies and in we'll terms subs- of And we'll subsidize them and we'll keep them, we'll keep them under, under our protection, right, to, to sort of prop well, up that cheap they, labor yeah, for the companies. Yeah, as long as they benefit the country in some way. No, not, not the country, the, the corporations at hand, right? That's it's, what I mean it, by yeah, the country, okay. whoever so, runs the country. Right. So it's just all of this is unusual. You get, um, there's this guy on YouTube named Serp, Serp I can never pronounce it, Serp, Serpentinus. He's a he's like a South African guy. I want a couple of our friends already know about him, but he does a little clip of the Chinese economy really is this bad. And just to really highlight what the situation is again, really disparaging what Brett said, because it's like uh, he's just always seems to be on the fence of and or it seems to be on the wrong side of things until it really is in his face. So I just it bothers me. 
China is to be portrayed as a high-tech, space-age, innovative powerhouse with a booming economy, powerful military, and futuristic cities. I promise you, by the way, that my clips get shorter after those. The, the, okay, I, they're better than last week. The, yes, the longest one was two. So I've met, okay. I met my minute and a half No threshold. complaints so far from here. The problem is that in reality, China is none of these things. Reality is a bitch. But China, just like every country on Earth, has huge issues when it comes to crime, murder, poverty, homelessness, bad governance, crappy infrastructure, police brutality, mass attacks, drug addiction, and every other modern-day ill that one can think of. The difference is that because of the size of the Chinese population, these issues are by an order of magnitude far bigger and far worse than anywhere else on Earth, except maybe India. The Chinese propagandists and state media can never honestly cover these topics and don't even mention them. And this has led to a very skewed understanding of what China is really like. Just imagine turning on the news in America and seeing nothing negative about the USA. Not one thing. Only praise for the American government and fluff pieces about how amazing America is. How great the technology sector is. How amazing the road networks and space program are. How powerful the military is. And how American culture is so incredibly cool. And how forward thinking the president is. And the amazing things the government is doing for the people of America. And how everyone in America completely supports not only the country, the president, but the government too. Imagine that. It, it's, it's just, it's, it's baffling. And towards that video, they, they show a large influx of, of women prostituting themselves. Like a, a good portion of them are just lining up. Uh, and these are all videos, like cell phone videos that are being taken. Mm -hmm. It's really quite interesting because it, not that this is, hasn't already existed, but it's gotten much worse. Um, so again, it's just my my gripe with Brett is 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 there. And well, the, so where is his theory? And I don't know where is the, I don't know where his theory comes from. Yeah, cause I don't it know. seems out there. So it's and he says it's not his own theory. He, it's well, just, and he's being led. It, like I, I don't know who this Michael. Yeah, I will look into it because I'm sure we'll hear from him again. I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll pop up on Rogan and he'll say the same thing, and then we'll hear Rogan regurgitate this without any sort of evidence of what what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. Um. And so we'll we'll hear from him again. And I guess we should keep our eyes peeled because, yeah, it is unusual that all these people are all of a sudden very much against. And there's just an overwhelming amount of evidence that it, it's it's just an economic. Leech. Yeah. But I mean, this is not the first person who's spouting fear against China and that everything China does is malicious towards the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, specifically with this recent event of a cybersecurity breach. Um, and this is uh, cyber. It. Okay, number one. China's multi-pronged assault on our national and economic security make it the defining threat of our generation. A stark new warning from U.S. intelligence leaders about the cyber threat posed by China. FBI Director Christopher Wray and other officials warning lawmakers that the country's transportation systems, water treatment plants, and electrical grids are vulnerable to hackers working on behalf of the Chinese government. The Justice Department has revealed it recently dismantled a Chinese hacking group called Volt Typhoon that hijacked hundreds of home and small business routers to target infrastructure. Former White House Cyber Response Chief Jeff Green says China is looking to create chaos. The goal of these intrusions is largely to create... Yeah, man, hang on. That 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 storyline fits with Brett's more. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. this is weird. 
societal panic. And we need to make sure that we are prepared yeah. not to panic. We take the power away from our adversaries when we can take a punch, roll with it, and move forward. Director Ray says China's hackers outnumber FBI cyber personnel 50 to 1. He wants more funding to fight the threat. But experts say the American people can also do their part. These intrusions are happening because of fundamental flaws in devices that these critical infrastructure services are using. So you as an individual can't do a lot to protect the critical infrastructure, but you can help protect, prepare yourself. That, that doesn't make any sense. So he no. just contradicted himself. Yes, he did. But okay, so what what they didn't say in there is that supposedly this cybersecurity threat is that uh, has been happening for the last five years. So this hacker group has had access to infrastructure like uh, water transportation, all of these private companies, non-governmental yeah, run that's companies. That's that movie Obama was promoting. Oh, the um, what was that called? Whatever. Julie Roberts. It just came out. Yeah. 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 Um, Yes. So then that that the movie would happen, right, where everything shuts down and it's chaos and then you turn in on yourself and or against your neighbor. Leaving the world behind. Leave the world behind. Right. So but then they say in that. OK. Secondly, how do they know that the hackers outnumber 50 to one? How do they know the number of hackers? Again, it's the number. It, there's no evidence. They're there's like, no evidence. They're, they're no, they don't show anything. And if they didn't know that this was happening for the last five years, that doesn't. OK. And of course, they want more funding. So I have another clip. This is not the first time that there's been a cybersecurity threat from China. Um, Microsoft today said it uncovered stealthy and targeted malicious activity by China attacking U.S. infrastructure. Local cybersecurity expert Paul Robinson says since 2021, there's been major Chinese state-sponsored infiltration into critical infrastructure across the nation. This pertains to telecommunications, electric and oil and gas. Robinson says anytime something is plugged into the internet, it is vulnerable to a cyber attack. He said this kind of meddling can cause all sorts of chaos. And if there's so, yeah, sorry, well, wait, ahead. do you know when this clip is from? No. It sounds pretty exact to the one played before, right? I'll play it again, just quickly. Microsoft today said it uncovered stealthy and targeted malicious activity by China attacking U.S. Oh, infrastructure. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah, Local sure. Cyber yeah. This, that clip, is from May 24th, 2023. Yeah. That's like a year ago. Yeah, that's right. We could probably it's the go exact back same further story. and we've probably heard that exact same story. Exactly. Again. Yeah. So, I mean, the so in the, the most recent, the FBI director, that's who was talking in the very first clip, that it's the biggest threat to our generation. Obviously not because mm -hmm. it's been happening and nothing's been done about it. So it's Agreed. just it's just adding to this hostility, fear of China and then with the migrants coming in. And yeah, I don't understand. Why is it a split perspective on this? Yeah, I, I get your point. Like half of it's like this should be feared. And that's always been the messaging, it seems, from China. China's a threat, you know, and then but now, oh, it makes sense. You know, the economy is fluctuating actually well, or you know not great for china and this is beneficial to the u.s to have extra people this is from reason.com uh, it's a magazine uh fairly in the middle of stuff it's left and right writers that come in uh surging immigration will reduce deficits uh by one trillion dollars um reduce deficits re re reduce the u.s deficit yes how does that 
uh, by an influx of people. It's the labor force has grown 52, 5.2 million people in the past year, mostly because of higher net immigration. More immigration will help reduce future budget deficits, which are expected to average $2 trillion annually over the next 10 years, meaning any help is desperately needed. The changes in the labor force over the past year will translate at the $7 trillion in the greater economic output over the next decade. And revenues will be greater by $1 trillion than they would have been otherwise. It's, and and it, then also it stimulates the economy And it more. stimulates the economy. More people spending money. They need people. And, and sure. or even though we have people, right, there is, there is uh, I've said this book before, but Men Without Work, of millions of men unwilling to work because of the government subsidies, right? And, and that, that leads into the next translation of uh, central digitalized currency or a, um, oh, what the hell is it called? Um, shit. Uh, Andrew Wang said it. Uh, it's it's like a stipend. You get a monthly stipend from the government. From the government. Uh, what is it called? What is it called? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh, I just of course, there's a lot of Andrew Wangs. Um, <laughs> uh, universal basic income. That, that took oh. a little bit. Universal basic income, right? Where it's instead we have the labor force. Don't worry about it. Here's your monthly for every American. Yeah. Uh, and we'll let the slaves go at it. We'll, you know, uh, wash your cars, do your laundry. Well, the migrants. The migrants. Yeah. But they're slaves because they're, if you think about it, Savannah, they're, they're tied in to the, to the most tightly restricted of here's your work permit. Yeah. They're, you can't go beyond, you can't do what the normal. No, they got rid of the cash. They, they'll get rid of the cash system. So that way they're completely locked down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 you're just forcing a group of people to work, uh, in an indentured servitude and it's under the, under the categories that we need them, uh, well, for every, a lot of reasons. Every civilization needs a lower class of people. Yeah. Who, but just no one's willing to admit that. No. <laughs> that's and that, a difference. that's every society. Yes. So yeah, it is unusual. And I, I mean, I, I'm curious to see what they'll say of, uh, if there's more Chinese influx. It's just, again, it's why the wave of Chinese today Versus the Chinese of a month ago where that NTD report came out. It's like this has already been talked about for a while. Well, yeah, especially especially when they were talking about like when the whole um, I think this was around October, November after the Israel attacks. And it was a concern about um, terrorists crossing over the border. And they were reporting that there was a huge discrepancy between the number of Chinese migrants versus every other yep. country. And I mean, I feel like that was kind of the lead in. Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. now it's just grown. Right. But there's no talk about any other country. I mean, well, like the, ta- you know, the threat of terrorists and all this. Oh, and sure. That's kind of gone yeah. away. Yeah. But, you know, at least there's no talk really about the Chinese migrant. Well, I don't know. That's I guess that's what Brett's getting at. Is that they're that's, hostile. They're hostile. They could be invaders. Planting themselves to benefit yes. the Chinese government let's move on yes please. Uh, i got tucker carlson talked to mr putin uh which is pretty fun he loves uh, russian no no <laughs> uh but it was just an interview of you know the translators obviously yeah. smart ass um but in- i sorry aside so the translators i was impressed by the one who was translating for putin when he went on that huge spiel mm. like you could hear him where he's just oh, like, talking? we're still yeah. talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he has to translate, right? And so he's like trying to catch his breath. And then oh, like yeah. he's probably uh-huh. like, I need water. Like, how is this guy still talking? Yeah. Uh, in terms of the interview, I mean, I, I think you and I were just too young for some of the events that happened. Uh, however, I did listen to them. And then I, as I grew older, I, I read more about... In terms about, of Russian history. In, in terms of Ukrainian history. 
yeah. And not necessarily Ukrainian history, the Ukrainian events during uh, 2014 and 2015, um, during the certain Ukrainian revolution that occurred. Uh, we were just a tad bit too young to understand. But as I read, as I got older, I read a little more about it and listened to more about the discrepancies that occurred. Uh, and this interview is not exactly that far off from what has already been talked about prior to, uh, not necessarily in mainstream. Cause you can't find, you can't find anything. That's the one thing I'll point out. And I'll, there'll be clips explaining that you can't find really any news sources from ABC, any of the main ones talking about the interview with, from Tucker to, to Putin. Really? No. They just pretend it didn't happen? There, there's commentary, but it's it's the lamest commentary you can ever hear. And, and Tucker didn't exactly do a great job either. And this is exactly why the he's still locked into that mainstream portion of, of discussion where, yeah, he talked for two hours and he was upset that, that Putin was going off about Russian history and whether he's accurate or not, it's not really the point, but... But his his annoyance of where you're going at with this, just let the man talk. I well, mean, just hear yeah. what he had to say for five hours. And the question that he originally started with is, why did you feel the need to start this with Ukraine? Yeah. Well, he's it, answering the he's question. Answering it, yeah. He's building up to it. But then, yeah, he got very impatient. Yes. It, he just wants a quick answer. Right. And so he's still locked into that mainstream portion of news, right? Uh, and I'm sure, and I think NBC prior to the war talked to Putin, uh, it and I'm sure that half of that was censored because I think I read, I listened back to that interview uh, and it's only like a 20 minute interview. I'm sure it was longer. Right. Probably. And so anyway, so I guess we can start first with some, uh, some criticisms of, of the, of the reporting and then, and then we could play what he actually said. Uh, here we go. I think I haven't, I should have separated these two because some of these are, are going back on it. So this is DW it's Deutsche Welle, I believe. Uh, it's a German news channel. Um, fairly biased, interesting enough, uh, on Tucker Carlson. And that this is the first thing that they opened with. He traveled to Moscow to conduct the interview, which was broadcast on the Tucker Carlson network. By the way, I, this wasn't me recording, uh, behind it. This was they're letting it play in the background. Yeah. Okay. Russian president used the occasion to push for recognition of Moscow's interests, depicting Russia as a victim of Western betrayal and fear-mongering. Now, Carlson left Putin largely unchallenged, and in a video from the Tucker Carlson network, some questions led to jokes rather than real answers. Have a look. Who blew up Nord Stream? <laughs> you for sure. I was busy that day. <laughs> Nate, it, do you have, do you have, uh, I did not blow up Nord Stream. Uh, thank you, though. And they were also, that's all they did. That's all they cut to. More serious exchanges during the two-hour interview in which Putin repeated his claim that his invasion of Ukraine was necessary to protect Russian speakers there and to guard Russia against NATO. In further comments, Putin said that it was impossible to defeat Russia in Ukraine and pointed to Kyiv's refusal to conduct talks with Moscow. That was that that like and then they brought in some correspondence about how they're debunking the Russian history. And they they never they never answered the the point of that video of who bombed Nord Stream one or two or whatever it was. And and his answer, it was a joke. Sure. But it, it finished it off with you guys. <laughs> the CIA did it. Yeah, <laughs> they never. What, yeah, they never got to the point. Whatever. Uh, MSNBC, Hillary. 
Tucker Carlson is in Moscow right now interviewing mm -hmm. Vladimir Putin. Right. The first American, I'll say, journalist uh, to interview Putin since the war in Ukraine mm -hmm. began. What does that tell you about Tucker Carlson and right-wing media and also Vladimir Putin? Well, it shows me what I think we've all known. He's what's called a useful idiot. I mean, Jeez. if you actually read translations of what's being said on Russian media, they make fun of him. I mean, he's like a puppy the dog. The guy is an idiot, by the way. This is sure, sure that's fine, but but that's not the point. That's not the point. It's that he got to sit down with Putin, and the point is of what what they're talking about. Like, yes. it doesn't matter who's saying it, like or whatever, conducting it. You know, he somehow has, after having been fired from so many outlets in the United States. He, uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with a Russian outlet because <laughs> he is a useful idiot. He says things that are not true. He parrots Vladimir Putin's uh, pack of lies about Ukraine. Uh, so I don't see why Putin wouldn't give him an interview because through him, he can, you know, continue to lie about what his, you know, objectives are in Ukraine and, and uh, you know, what he expects to see happen. It's really quite sad that not just somebody like Tucker so Carlson. So now he views him with high esteem, someone like Tucker Carlson, but he well, was a useful idiot. No, so. but what, what is she saying, someone like Tucker Carlson? Has, as I said, been fired so mm. many times because he seems unable to, you know, correlate his uh, reporting with the truth. Or, um, <laughs> but also because... The truth? You mean what, what they want? Right, what they want being said. What, whoever is con in control, yeah, to be said. Because it's a sign that there are people in this country right now who are like a fifth column for Vladimir Putin. And why, I don't know. Oh, okay, sure. So uh, those were sm But other than that, though, it's like, yeah, some correspondents all kind of saying the same thing of like, these. this is all, they haven't said misinformation yet. But these are, all, well, these are all tropes and lies, and these aren't correct. So and is that confirmed that there are lies? I mean, in terms of the history, I don't know. I, I mean, you'd have to really, I'd have to listen to a historian talk, which, I mean, what he essentially was getting at was there's a lot of issues, there's a lot of conflict, and mm -hmm. there was discussion through several channels that we have heard this before. This is not exactly hidden information, even though it's it's suppressed, sure, but it's it's not... It's it's not that people don't know. You can find it. You can find it. Uh, Putin did talk to Clinton during the 90s, early 2000s of like, hey, we'd love to join NATO. We'd love to be a part of of what you're doing. And they don't want to. And the U.S. government didn't want a part of it. Uh, and do you and know why? It's not in their interest. And, and Putin, to, for Russia to be a part of it. Yeah, it's not. Well, they so we'll go. Let me play. Tucker Sorry, that Putin. might be a bigger. Yeah, you're, yes, it is. And, okay. And hence why I, I'm. this is just slow clips of like bringing that conversation into it because <laughs> yeah. this is what you're not aware of. Yeah. And uh, in past history uh, of of some of the facts that they bring up. So um, Putin wanted to join NATO and or at least just wanted to maintain a civil like we're neutral or at least we want you to keep your distance from us and we'll keep your you know, we'll keep our distance or whatever. Yeah. So here's Tucker talking to Putin. I didn't label it so I don't. I, I know what they're saying. I just need to rehear it. I don't remember the title. From the outside, it seems like this could devolve or evolve into something that brings the entire world ah, into I'm conflict. I'm sorry. The, let's do the propaganda Victoria, uh, the propaganda Victory, Victory Nord Stream. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> do, do you have evidence that NATO or the CIA did it? 
You know, I won't get into details, but people always say... This is say following up the joke that he was making. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you have evidence that NATO or the CIA did it? You know, I, I won't get into details, but people always say in such cases, look for someone who is interested. But in this case, we ah, should not only look wrong. for someone wrong who is Wrong one, sorry. A coup d'etat was committed, although I shall not delve into details now, as I find doing it inappropriate, the U.S. told us. Calm Yanukovych down, and we will calm the opposition. Let the situation unfold in the scenario of a political settlement. We said, all right, agreed, let's do it this way. As the Americans requested, Yanukovych did use neither the armed forces nor the police, Yet the armed opposition committed a coup in Kiev. What is that supposed to mean? Who do you think you are? I wanted to ask the then US leadership. With the backing of whom? With the backing of CIA, of course. The organization you wanted to join back in the day, as I understand. We should thank God they didn't let you in. Although, it is a serious organization. I understand. My former vis-a-vis -vis in the sense that I served in the first main directorate, Soviet Union's intelligence service. They have always been our opponents. A job is a job. So what he's referencing right now was was the was the Ukrainian revolution in 2014, I believe. Uh, and it was a president that won the election and was contested. Uh, and there is where they're saying the U.S. government and the Ukrainians will say, hey, uh, or to the Russians, say, back off on your boy in Ukraine. That's more Russian favored or prefers the Russian uh, country more than the Western uh, Europeans and the Americans that have influence in Ukraine. Uh, and so he chose uh, Yanukovych chose the Ukraine, uh, the Russians over the Americans, over the West and. Uh, and so during that period of time, they had said, OK, well, we can try a re-election or uh, and Yanukovych won't bring in the military and the police force to, to sort of calm down the, the 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 protesting that was occurring in that time. Uh, however, during that same period, there is leaked. Uh, there was a leaked phone call from the State Department, uh, Victoria Newland, who had very <laughs> Some very uh, keen words on on how she wanted to handle the EU and and Ukraine and and, and the people that are running in office and and how how elections should be handled uh, over in Ukraine. Talking about diplomatic efforts in Ukraine, the last thing you want to do is drop your guard. So that would Victoria be great, Lillian. I think, to help glue this thing and have the UN help glue it, and you know, f the EU. But that is exactly what reportedly happened between U.S. Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Nuland and U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine Jeffrey Pyatt. The exchange has since surfaced online, including the crude swipe at the European Union. The audio clip of a woman and man, said to be Nuland and Pyatt, hears them discussing strategies to work with the three main opposition figures. I don't think Kleech should go into the government. I don't think it's necessary. Kleech though, is, a bo is a former boxer. Uh, that was running for some sort of government uh, faction during that time period. It's random. Yeah, a little bit. Well, it turns out that that's 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 her champion, right? That's that's who she's advocating for to some extent uh, yeah. in the government. Okay, that's a good idea. In terms of him not going into the government, just let him sort of stay out and do his political homework and stuff. I'm just thinking, 
in terms of sort of the process moving ahead, we want to keep the moderate Democrats together. The problem is going to be Tony Book and his guys. And, you know, I'm sure that's part of what Yanukovych is calculating on all of this. I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's, he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tony Book on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week, you know. I, I, I just think Cleach going in, he's going to be at that level working for Yatsenyuk. It's just not going to so work. They already had predetermined plans of who's going to run Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And this was their attempt, right? The CIA coup uh, that was propagated, right? That whether, uh, and I guess you don't know the term, but um, but but it, there are people that, that come in and propagate these revolutions. And this exists all around the world. It's like this existed during the Iran revolution. This existed during the Nicaragua revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is notorious if you read the book uh, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. So, okay, Where and you, it's from the CIA. When, these yes, and so these economic hitmen uh, typically start off as NGOs that work for the State Department, and they come in and they say, well, we want this, this, and this, and, and we can build your country a power station or whatever. And so then they'll they'll give them these insane loans from the World Bank mm-hmm. uh, and then propagate them. And, and in exchange, they get U.S. military, they get workers, they get R&D placed there. Boeing has their own facility over in Ukraine, in Kiev, where they use a lot of their engineers there to help construct some of the 787 Supermax. Um, they, they, they get a lot of benefit out of putting uh, state-sanctioned uh, companies into these foreign countries to better aid the U.S. government, right, in this case. Yeah. So the same thing occurred again in 20, 2014 or whatever. Under this, you hear Victoria Nuland explain who should be placed in government and essentially saying what's in the best interest of the United States. Bar none, doesn't matter what the EU, hence fuck the EU, right? Yeah, okay. Um, during that time period, Putin was trying to play even at least during that during that section of like, hey, we won't bring in uh, the, the president elected at the time, won't bring in U.S. Mil- or won't bring in Ukrainian military uh, and we'll, we'll conduct things more peacefully and we'll have another election if needed or, or whatever it might be. And that wasn't the case. Hence now, currently you have, uh, you have a full cabinet member of, of Ukrainians that are, that are a corrupt, right? And we've had that, we've had those clips in the past and we've known that previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of this is, is pretty common to what we've heard prior to Putin is not saying anything new and none of this was discussed in, in media, right? Well, no, all they discussed was the the framing of things, the attitudes toward, you know, how they were joking and, you know, how pathetic Carlson is or idiotic or whatever. It's nothing about the actual content of well, the answers. Here's ABC today, the last sort of humorous one, and then, and then the kind of kicker that I have for... Um, from Putin that sort of summarize what we're trying to say, I guess. With the war in Ukraine on a knife edge, President Putin says Russia has always wanted to talk. I like how that. I like how they're they, they start off with bombs and, and like screaming and wailing and yeah. he's like, We've always wanted like they're they're just they're just prodding this guy, huh? Of course. Also I can't why have the interview going on in the background at the same speaking level? All of it. It's nuts. Yeah, it's terrible. It's it's not make you focus in on what No, you saying. can't actually pay attention. No. With the war in Ukraine on a knife edge, Ooh. President Putin says 
Russia has always wanted to talk. He has said that before. All the while continuing to pummel the country with drones, missiles and other weapons. We have never refused negotiations, indeed. It's true. That is so true. Every time they've come to the table, they have talked. Yeah, <laughs> but Ukraine. But the but and the, the stance, yeah, and the stances were very clear. And they'll uh, pull up a clip of that later. The interview with conservative former Fox News host Tucker Carlson echoing talking points from Donald Trump's election campaign. Don't you have anything better to do? You have issues on the border. They are messages Putin has repeated time and time again, including in our interview before attacking Ukraine. Will you commit now not to send any further Russian troops into Ukrainian sovereign territory? You, the US, crossed an ocean with military equipment, he told me, and yet you believe somehow we are acting aggressively. Fair. But his invasion has killed and wounded hundreds of thousands of people in Ukraine and Because Russia. they're pushing the entire state. <laughs> they're freaking them out. Yeah. And, and it was very clear, again, right, when you see the coup that occurred in Ukraine, when you see, when you hear, le well, I think, uh, no, this was leaked information that Victoria Newland let out, right? And she, she later said, I'm not going to comment on it. I'm never going to, you know, this essentially said never happened, right? Yeah. Um, just, it doesn't, none of this sort of adds up. Uh, and, and, and then you see Putin explain the armaments that, that are coming into Ukraine. You wonder, okay, well, maybe he is having a point of, of what's happening. From the outside, it seems like this could devolve or evolve into something that brings the entire world into conflict and could um, initiate some a nuclear launch. I and do so hate why that. don't you just? I, I hate that term of like a nuclear strike the can threat. occur. And yeah, the threat of it. I know. It's that's never going to happen. It, but it's thrown around so much. Yes. It's like everybody has a nuclear threat. They yes. kill everyone. Call Biden and say, Sorry. "Let's work this out." What's there to work out? It's very simple. I repeat, we have contacts through various agencies. I will tell you what we are saying on this matter and what we are conveying to the US leadership. If you really want to stop fighting, you need to stop supplying yes. weapons. It will be over within yeah, a few weeks. Simple, man. They almost they almost were able to end it, right? They were sure. running out of soldiers on both sides out yeah. of budget, and then they pa they wanted to send more. Well, not only that, but but the prime minister of of uh, of the UK came back and stopped and stopped the deal, the the Minsk Accords, Minsk Accords that were going to occur, uh, and 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 they said, don't worry, the US and the UK will back you, the the European Union will back you, we'll, yeah. we'll continue bringing you weapons. That's it. And then we can agree on some terms. Before you do that, stop. What's easier? Why would I call him? What should I talk to him about? Or beg him for what? And, and what messages do you get back? You're going to deliver such and such weapons to Ukraine? Oh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, please don't. What is there to talk about? Do you think NATO is worried about this becoming a global war or a nuclear conflict? At least that's what they're talking about. And they're trying to intimidate their own population with an imaginary Russian threat. 
This is an obvious fact. And thinking people, not Philistines, but thinking people, analysts, those who are engaged in real politics, just smart people, understand perfectly well that this is a fake. The same way we hear about Chinese cybersecurity, the same way we hear about Iran coming in, and and Iranian-backed militia and attacking supply chains here, or you know, on the Red Sea or wherever. There's terrorists coming through the border that are Hamas-linked from Fox News. It's fear it's everywhere. It's fear, Savannah. It's yes, it's overwhelming all fear. people. But what is okay? Yes. So okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk about this. Are we kind of we're getting into this outside of the recording about? Um, media stirring people up and what's the benefit of doing that Mm -hmm. and overwhelming people especially with just different different information a lot of information a lot of unrelevant or irrelevant information um all backed by very strong or like very strong emotions are attached to these fear anger you know split splitting you're, you're creating chaos under uh, stressors in people's stressors. lives that but then people get overwhelmed because it's a lot and it's a lot of emotion and but they don't know what's true and what's not right they're Correct. just going off what the media is telling them so then the benefit could be then 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 there's this government or this organization or whatever what have you that can swoop in and i have the solution for you i'll make it easy for you you know i have the truth and people are more willing to believe them and go with what they're doing because it's going to save them from being more stressed. And to summarize it, uh, and to summarize it uh, Putin does lay off, does lay on the point of why it is you're not getting all your information. Do you have evidence that Again, NATO or the CIA? Again, to what we're saying, right? Do you have evidence that NATO or the CIA did it? You know, I won't get into details, but people always say in such cases, look for someone who is interested. But in this case, we should not only look for someone who is interested, but also for someone who has capabilities. Because there may be many people interested, but not all of them are capable of sinking to the bottom of the Baltic Sea and carrying out this explosion. These two components should be connected. Who is interested and who is capable of doing it? But I'm confused. I mean, that's the biggest act of industrial terrorism ever. And it's the largest emission of CO2 in in history. Okay, so if you had evidence, and presumably given your security services, your intel services, you would, that NATO, the US, CIA, the West did this, why wouldn't you present it and win a propaganda victory? In the war of propaganda, it is very difficult to defeat the United States because the United States controls all the world's media and many European media. The ultimate beneficiary of the biggest European media are American financial institutions. Don't you know that? So it is possible to get involved in this work but it is cost prohibitive, so to speak. We can simply shine the spotlight on our sources of information and we will not achieve results. It is true, though. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's truly all we can do is... is as Just point out. Just point it out. You can't change it. No, you can't change it. You don't have the influence. You no. don't have the... Yeah, the capability is like what he's saying, but yeah. I mean, so you, you get someone like Seymour Hirsch that did say he was one of the first ones to, I mean, aside from, right, if you don't believe Russia, you believe someone that's that's a U.S. journalist during the Vietnam era, 
mm-hmm. calling countless of atrocities, saying that we blew it. We had more to do with this pipeline being blown up than not. Yeah. And, and here are my sources and here's what I read. And here's here. Look at the evidence. And not a not a lick of, of conversation goes into that whatsoever. Well, no, because whoever's going to report on it, they're not going to benefit from it. Yes. Like the major news channels who are funded by these giant institutions. And that's the whole point of this show. <laughs> Do you have your mission Putin's, statement or are you prepared to do it? We should just take the mission statement from what Putin said. Oh, there we go. <laughs> per yeah. Putin. This per, is what we're Putin. doing here. Per, ooh, per Putin. Per I like Putin. that. Per Putin. Yeah. I'll write that down as a show title. Well, I mean, t- I, I, do you have more on this? More no, clips? I'm done. I was going to do my fun clip and then I was Oh, let's it up. end on your fun clip, but let me do my clip really quickly. Um, just It goes in line with what he's saying about these. If you have who's interested and who has the capability for these big events right this this propaganda i mean covid is a huge one i know we we talk about covid a lot and this isn't a huge topic but just in terms of who has the interest a lot of organizations have the interest particularly the pharmaceutical companies um and they have a lot of interest in a lot of things and they have the money for it and they have the backing by the government so if you're ever doubting if the pharmaceutical companies really care about you or you you think that they do just go back to this clip about their profit. Imbruvica, what, what does it treat? Congressman, um, I recognize Imbruvica is one so, of the products that we Sorry, uh, I'll give background. Uh, so this is Johnson & Johnson during a hearing. They, are, they filed a claim against the U.S. government. They're suing the U.S. government because the U.S. government wanted to make a change that Medic, I think it's Medicare or Medicaid? Medicaid. Medicaid. Medicare, Medicare, sorry. Yeah, they would be able to negotiate prices for drugs with um, uh, pharmaceutical companies. And Johnson & Johnson is making a claim that then the government is taking their property by taking profits away from them through mm. those negotiations. Oh, so fun. this is their lawyer being oh. questioned by, uh, I don't know who, but I think Probably a senator. A senator. Sure. Yeah. Good context, man. Imbruvica, what, what does it treat? Congressman, um, I recognize Imbruvica is one of the products that we uh, do market. I'm not exactly sure. It's okay. It I'm, I'm not trying to trick you. It, it treats leukemia. Uh, do you know uh, what the price that Johnson & Johnson has set for it? I do not have that on it's, my fingers. Uh, it's $484 per capsule per tablet, which works out to about $14,000 per month, which works out to about $160,000 per year for leukemia patients. Do you know the gross profits of Johnson & Johnson in 2023? I couldn't tell you that. $65 billion. Now, we have passed as a Congress, and the President has signed a bill saying, you know what, let Medicare negotiate to try to bring that price down. And you, uh, in your department, because you're Assistant General Counsel, have filed a lawsuit saying that that negotiation would be an unjust taking. I guess I don't understand how, being the Assistant General Counsel, you can come before the United States Congress when you're suing the United States government, saying that we are taking your property. And that's, a, that's a very serious charge. I think it is shameful what you and the pharmaceutical companies have done in suing the United States government to protect those profits, and you are totally unprepared to answer a single question about what takings the takings clause is and a justification for that lawsuit. $65 billion yeah, of insane. profit off a leukemia drug? Right. It's insane. It and is insane. That's just one example, right? And she didn't even know what the drug was. Representing the company, how many drugs does Johnson Johnson market? Plenty. 
sure, but like you don't know. Oh well, yeah. What some one of your case, biggest, sure. your most profitable ones are? You don't even know what it. That's not is the job, for. though. No, no, no. But like the whole point is you're taking profit. Yeah, That's a lot of profit. Yeah. Right. Anyways, so that just they're there for the profit. There you I go. just yeah, that's it. That's the only thing about COVID. Who's interested? Well, it's who's the key capable? Medication. That's the key. Yes, but that goes beyond, right? How much are they profiting from vaccines? Sure. Right? How much are they profiting from? Now there's new medication um, being released. Oh, I don't remember what it's called, but I just saw an ad for it. Um, for if you have COVID, you take it, oh, and then COVID. it prevents you from getting severe COVID. Oh, nice. It's not like a, a preventative or anything like mm-hmm. that, though. Um, how much are they profiting from that, right? So who's interested? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I'm backing up Putin. Um, you want to end with your fun clip? Yeah, I do. Taylor Swift is threatening legal action against a college student who is tracking her jet and posting that information online. The company representing the singer sent Jack Sweeney a cease and desist letter. Sweeney has been in the same spot before when he reportedly tracked Elon Musk's jet. At that time, he told the Washington Post that he only posts publicly available data and that he is not violating any laws. In the Swift case, Sweeney says he intends no harm, but her lawyers claim others might and that it's a threat to give potential stalkers exact details of her travel. That's, that's known anyways, by the way. Yeah, anybody can find that. Anyone can find their flight path. But also, why is he posting it? He does that for fun. But he, why? Why not? To tell people where they are? No, no. It's it. Did you not hear that? Did you not listen to what they're saying? Yeah, I did, but why would he be put? Po- it's just fun for him to post it. It's, like to it's not. It's not just where they're flying. It's also how much they're emitting of of carbon emissions from their planes. Well, they didn't include that in that little clip. I play it back and I hear it, Svenna. I didn't hear anything about carbon. Taylor Swift is threatening legal action against a college student who is tracking her jet and posting that information online. The company representing the singer sent Jack Sweeney a cease and desist letter. Sweeney has been in the same spot before when he reportedly tracked Elon Musk's jet. At that time, he told the Washington Post that he only posts publicly available data and that he is not all right, violating fair any yeah. laws. All right, but in, it, it, case, most, in most, it, almost all of them, no, all of them show emissions tracking okay yeah. sure and it's just humorous sure. it, that's all um but it's publicly anybody can look it up yes it's correct. just easier if it's in one spot she sucks man I, i'm telling you she should just step away well, from this apparently she under the like very subtly sold the jet oh really and then probably bought a new one <laughs> yeah so then you, it's it a different won't matter number. you can still track the number i know this lady's an idiot she needs to step away from this from this scam that they're doing oh. I, i'm serious well, with her with Travis? Well, yes, just with whether, I mean, whether the relationship's real or not, well, the NFL and Taylor Swift are certainly probably. I think off of after it. the Super Bowl, that's like the lead up, right? They're going to, I think after the Super Bowl, there will be an engagement to keep the spotlight on them. No, no. In the, the off season? The season ends. Uh, the season's over. The, the, no, 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 no. We but they got to keep the spotlight on them until the new football season. Yeah, right. But then you propose in the next football season. No, you propose before and then you no, play no, and no, then no. you have the football season like all oh, these newly engaged couple and then you, you get the new football season. Uh, they have to knows? keep it going. Yeah. They'll, they'll, but they'll like in terms out. of the spotlight and the endorsements, we will and everything. see we will see Super Bowl. We will see the Super Bowl tomorrow and find very interesting stuff. I'm sure. About. Yeah. You got a prediction on who's going to win. 
I don't since care this enough. will be out after. I, it's... I don't. I don't. I don't have a. I don't care enough. Uh, if I were to guess, it's just for the sake of good television. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs. Yes. So. I agree. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I think I should play my sax music out. I got to figure out an <laughs> outro too. Um, oh, is the is the should I ask about the wallet? No, it's still down. Okay. Yep. Go for it. Okay. Well, if you want to reach out to us, unless you know us personally. Don't. (laughs) Don't. um, We can be reached by email. Uh, That email is pleb2pleb.podcast at gmail.com. P-L-E-B, the number two, P-L-E-B.podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, Literally anything. Anything. It could be... uh, in all fairness, probably no one's listening currently, aside no, from people that know us. No, but if you are, us. let uh, us know. Sure, but <laughs> I think that might change if we go live. So. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, but what if nobody listens? Well, Wouldn't it's, that be awkward? But it's, no, it's, sure, I don't know. Just talking to the we need, I think we need to focus on the mission statement. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's a few improvements. So, I mean. Don't talk about them now unless you know what you're saying. No, no, no. I'm saying if you've been listening to the episodes, I hope that you see that it's, I hope. I hope it sounds better to you. And with that, or not no, you specifically. I know. I didn't know who you were talking to. <laughs> the, the zero. Okay. I, I'm going <laughs> to close. Savannah. I'm going to close. Go ahead. Okay. Please um, do. If you, if you like the show, excuse me, it's a little loud. Yeah. you're. If you like this show, give us a listen. Uh, we certainly <laughs> like to hear from you. Well, if they got to this point, they did. If give you made, you a if you made it here. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for being here. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> music cut out. My bad. I hit the pause button. Uh, coming to you live from uh, Toby Keefe's wake. I'm Jorge. <laughs> and I'm Savannah. You have a good night. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening to Just Plebs. Yeah.